everyone, and welcome to the premiere episode of the Diamond in the Rough podcast. I'm John DeAngelis, joined by Tim Kearns, and on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the 2020 NFL Draft. The plan is to talk about guys we like in the first round and some possible picks for the Patriots and more. Tim, why don't you start us off? Um, yeah, I think there are multiple options that they have at 23. Um, one name that I really liked and that has come up recently is uh, AJ Epinesa, um, the end out of Iowa, um, a really powerful, powerful end and, and a guy that could fit perfectly into the Patriots system, a hardworking guy um, that would fit right into Belichick's uh, Belichick's um, system totally, um, not just as a, as a physical player, but mentally as well. Um, and I, I just think that the entire draft is receiver heavy. So, I mean, not only could the Patriots, could the Patriots add a receiver, um, but they could do that later. Um, whereas I think if Brady had stayed, that's something that they would want to do earlier and address earlier because we just don't have the cap room to add a weapon, but, um, Brady's gone. And I think it's a, a rebuilding year for them completely. Yeah, I agree. I think they have to go defense with this first pick. Um, I I agree. I think I think uh, safety is is a is a huge possibility, um, and, and obviously linebacker. Um, uh, as we saw the the Bleacher Report um, mock draft today, that the fans voted um, for Kenneth Murray to be picked at twenty three, um, a linebacker out of Oklahoma, a guy that I really like. Um, I also like Patrick Queen, another guy that I think would fit would fit perfectly with the Patriots. Um, it's not a it's not a deep linebacker draft, uh, but there are guys that stand out. It, it's top heavy, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you got Isaiah Simmons early, who I think might transition to safety in the NFL, but he he did great in college. Obviously, it's why he's going to be possibly a top five pick. Uh, you got Clavin Chasen from LSU. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered that name, but he'll probably go in the mid rounds. And then, obviously, like you were saying, Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray, both just super fast linebackers with mm-hmm. great instincts. And they were both on – obviously, LSU is like the best defense, arguably, in college. Mm-hmm. Um, just a dominant team. They were just the best team in college football in every aspect. Yeah. Um, and I personally like Kenneth Murray a little more just because I feel like he had a bigger workload. Like he had to do more to make that Oklahoma defense good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just like, I just like defensive players at Oklahoma more than I like defensive players at LSU too. I don't know if it's a maturity thing or if it's a, that's true. LSU is very cocky. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I don't know. LSU players that come into the NFL are really good. Oh are yeah, really like are really good some places, but uh, you know, fitting in New England is something that I don't know that we'll see for a guy like a Patrick Queen. Um, Kenneth Murray is a guy who I could see fitting with the Patriots a lot more. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and then I, I think quarterback wise. There are options for the Patriots as well. I, I but I don't like past Burrow. I think they're the quarterbacks are really going to struggle. Um, but I do like Jake Fromm a lot. I think that he's got the potential, maybe not right away, but a, the potential to work his way into a system like one in New England and have a lot of success. Um, I think he's a really smart quarterback. 
and a guy that obviously had weapons in Georgia, at Georgia, obviously had great coaching. Um, but he's a guy that also you can just tell is a leader, you know, a guy that guys are going to want to follow. And that's what I really like to see in a quarterback. Um, that and also can he read a defense, which I think from can, I think he's one of the more knowledgeable um, quarterback prospects we've seen in a few years. Um, but I know you disagree. Right. I disagree. Now, let me say, I agree with a good amount of what you said. I think he is by far the smartest QB in this draft. And like mm-hmm. you said, in a while, he's just very smart with, with me. It's just, he's good. Zero to 15 yards. He's solid, but I noticed he has a lot of like, I don't know how to put it, like hitches when he throws, like he always like spins the ball. If you've noticed that. Yeah. Um, and there's pass. I think like, that, I mean, honestly, to me, that has to do with the ball sometimes in college too, though. Like the ball is a little different from college to the NFL. Yeah. You know, I mean, Deshaun Watson is a guy that coming out of college, I said that about, I was like, I like him. The only thing that worries me is that his ball doesn't look great mm-hmm. coming out of his hand, but then he came in the NFL and it's perfect spirals, you know? So, uh, but it, you know, also you have guys like Lamar Jackson who have, you know, played in college and had a wobbly ball and come to the NFL and continue to have a wobbly ball. So, right. But my thing with Fromm ultimately is I don't think he has a lot of potential. I see him and Stidham almost having the same potential, maybe Stidham a little more. And I see Fromm being in the league for like 14 years, but mainly as a backup, which there's nothing wrong with. I just wouldn't want to spend a third round pick on that or something, you know? Okay. I would agree with the statement that he has a similar amount of uh, potential to Stidham, right? Yeah. I just think that Stidham is a little bit too reserved for me. Like, I don't think guys are going to want to follow Stidham as much as they're going to want to follow Fromm. I think Fromm is a pretty similar guy, but I think he's more knowledgeable than Stidham is, and I think he's more of a leader. I think if you put Stidham out there, the, the comparison I'll make on this is if you look at the Eagles, right? You put Nick Foles out there, and they follow him. They'll follow him into the mm-hmm. depths of hell, you know? But, like, Carson Wentz, they're a different team, you know? Like, I picked them – you know, I picked them. I was sitting at a table with you eating a burger, and I picked the Eagles to win the NFC yep. last summer. After so, a Red Sox game. Yes, after a Red Sox game. Um, so, I, I think that roster is absolutely loaded. But when you don't have the quarterback and they don't follow him, like they follow Nick Foles, that's a problem. And I think that that could be a problem with Jared Stidham. Do I – do I think that it will be as much of a problem in New England as it would other places? No, but I think that they can, if they can snag Fromm with a mid-round pick and have a quarterback competition between Stidham and Fromm, I think that's very beneficial to their situation. I think that's a very fair argument. Um, yeah, I think it's more for me, the Patriots have a lot of needs and Picking a guy like Fromm, he, I think we can agree in the NFL, he won't be like a numbers guy, you know. But I think he'll definitely impact a team positively no matter what, even if he's a backup. He'll be a great leader. I see him at, as like a Brian Hoyer type career, which, you know, if you know, I love Brian Hoyer. Not right. even just him on the field. I just think he's so useful in terms of he helped Brady out so much in his career. 
I know? just think that's so harsh, though. I mean, like, Fromm is – he's got some talent. I, like, uh, people are – like, some people – like, I heard – I saw a comment, and obviously, like, this wasn't, like, from an expert or anything, but, you know, like, someone was saying on Twitter, like, do you think that Fromm would be a great uh, pick for the Patriots in the middle rounds? And someone said the kid shouldn't even be drafted. And I was like, that Ooh. is just absolutely outrageous. That is just outrageous. The kid is talented. The kid is talented. Go back and go back and watch the film. He he puts it where it needs to be, and that's what you need in a quarterback. He's a leader, and he can read the field. That's what you need in a quarterback. The, the too too many people nowadays are focused on flash. Like Lamar Jackson, he's flashy. He's really good. He's really talented. He's a great athlete. He's flashy as hell. Will he? Will he win you the Super Bowl personally? No, he won't. I'm no, sorry. It, Lamar Jackson is not going to win you the Super Bowl. If the Ravens have a great roster and they carry Lamar Jackson to the Super Bowl, they might do it. But Lamar Jackson is never, never, and you can mark my words, never going to be the person that wins you a Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. A rushing quarterback will never do that. Never mind Lamar Jackson, who cannot throw a football. And, uh, like, I'm sorry. He, he – had some good throwing numbers this year. His receivers were 20 yards wide open and he had a lot of balls caught that shouldn't have been. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, he helped me win a lot of money in fantasy football. So I like him. Oh, he was a great stats guy. (laughs) Great stats guy. But would I rather have him or Jake from, I know I'm taking Jake from. Oh, wow. That's, that's a bold statement. That is a bold statement. And I stick by it. Starting off hot episode one. Rushing quarterbacks put up numbers, but they don't win playoff games. That's just how, it's how it's worked in the NFL, and it's how it always will. Yep. I'm sorry. Like it's just true. Yeah. And Ravens fans are going to come at me. They're going to they're going to come at me. They're going to say they're going to come at me with, "Oh, he had all these great numbers last year." Blah blah blah. blah. I I, I want to see him follow it up. Let's see him follow it up because he won't. Yeah. We'll he see. won't do it. He's going to be mediocre this year, and my and the Ravens are going to miss the playoffs. That's what happens when a Patriots fan goes to Maryland University and is around a bunch of Ravens fans. Just oh, exactly. Up can, anger. You, can you tell it? Can you tell that they've lit a fire under me? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, it is absolutely ridiculous. So that's Jake Fromm. Um, right. Some good takes there. Let's talk about. It was kind of getting popular within the last three days. I'd say we're recording this on Saturday night. Uh, drafts five days away. Jalen Hurts. To the Patriots, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I, I was never a big fan of Hertz personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a backup and bringing him in to compete, um, I wouldn't hate it if he's if he's a later round pick. Um, I just don't see the Patriots pulling the trigger though. First, first of all, and second of all, I I don't really want him to. You know, I, I like if if he's late, fine. Fifth. And later, I would take him. Um, but even then, I think we have more needs yeah. that need to be filled. And I don't think Hertz is going to do anything extraordinary for you at quarterback that Jarrett Stidham isn't going to do, you know? Yeah. I see it as a McDaniels likes him and the rest of the organization could do without, honestly. I think Belichick knows that McDaniels is a little bit nuts, though, offensively. Like, he's he's almost he almost overthinks things offensively. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the time, well, well, not almost overthinks things. In terms of game plans, he overthinks things every game. But the, in terms of personnel, he also kind of overthinks things a little bit. And I think going into last year is a clear 
example of that. You know, I mean, he had Josh Gordon and he thought, okay, we'll be fine, whatever. You know, we're a little weak at receiver, um, but we'll be okay. Didn't add anybody. And Belichick obviously is a factor in that too. Doesn't love adding offensive weapons, but, you know, I think as a, as a coordinator, you need to say like, this offense isn't going to work. And McDaniels is a guy that I don't think has the voice to step up to Belichick. And I think honestly needs to be replaced. I think it's partially what you're saying is partially why he didn't get a job. I just think other front office guys don't really trust him anymore. Agreed. And that's why, and that's why I wouldn't go with any of his guys. Like if he comes in and he's like, Jalen hurts, that's my guy. Like I'm staying that way from him. (laughs) Like, like Tim Tebow, that's my guy. Like he, that's what he said. But he's like, Tim Tebow, that is my guy. I'll take us to a Super Bowl with Tim Tebow. Like, no. Are you blind? Are you blind? You guys <laughs> cannot throw football. Like, I, lo- I loved the Tim Tebow run, though. It was amazing. Oh, the Tim Tebow run was very funny. I mean, he did what he could with Tim Tebow, but yeah, I give him some credit. But, I mean, it's just yeah. not a smart investment. And with a first-round pick, I mean, come on. Yeah. But with Hurts, I think he just has a bad – running and throwing balance. I mean, in the college football playoffs, I think he was just exploited. You could see why he might not be fit for the NFL. I don't know. Right. I mean, I think that there are going to be a lot of players the Patriots look at and just say, listen, this draft is so deep. Let's try and grab the guys that are lesser known. But well, are, are lesser known in this draft, but would be better known in other drafts. You know what I mean? Like the, the guys right. that maybe don't stand out in this draft, but would be solid, you know, next year. And I think they're going to snag a lot of guys like that and and surprise us in a lot of situations, as they always do. Yeah, uh, the late round picks will be very interesting. We're we're talking about twenty three, but really, I mean, how many picks do they have? Day four. 12. They have twelve. It's the they're I think they're they're either the second or third most picks in the draft. Uh, they have twelve total, and I I forget where they are. I think but... eight of them are fourth round or later. Yeah, let me check that though. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna check that right now. Um, but right, it's not continuing out, with quarterbacks, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You already said earlier that after Burrow, you think the rest of them stink. That being said, utter trash, utter trash. I think there's a, I think every four or five years as a golden quarterback prospect, or even not even that, really every like 10 years, because the last one, in my opinion, was Anthony Luck. So what year was that? That was 2015, maybe? Which guy? Andrew Luck. Yeah. Oh, no, that was 2012. Okay. So, that, 2012, Andrew Luck. So, it's what? 20, it's 2020. So, yeah. eight years. So, yeah, around like around like 10 years. Every 10 years, you get a golden quarterback prospect. And I think that's Burrow, right? So, I think you sh- if, if you're any NFL team, you should be calling Cincinnati and seeing if they're stupid enough to sell the farm for Burrow, you, you, you know, and just like sell the farm for Burrow. But like – um, I've seen that in the news with Miami. You know, they've they've been wanting to do that, and I don't think that Cincinnati will be dumb enough to to trade it. I hope but, not. 
Cincinnati needs Burrow. Oh, they need Burrow. They He's a hometown that, that kid, right? That franchise needs a savior, and the, and he could totally be it. I, I, he's the closest thing to Brady I've seen since Brady. So, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not yeah. put pressure on the kid. But no, no, I'm not trying to put pressure on the kid. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's why I said he's the closest thing to Brady I've seen. You know, I mean, he's yeah. not Brady. Obviously, no one is. But he's the close. I mean, he's he's got every tool. Like when I was talking about Fromm earlier. Yep leadership will guys follow him he guys gush over him like they do over brady you know what i mean like I'll, i'd follow that guy into the into the depths out you know what i mean like that type of that type of energy um is he a leader absolutely can he throw a football oh my goodness he can throw a football i, I like the the throws that he can make are outrageous i mean i'd put him up against any quarterback in the nfl right now even mahomes as to who can make the most accurate passes. Um, he's he's a guy that is going to be a star in this league, and I and I I think people are even on underrating him. To be honest, I think he like people have been saying Chase Young is a is a gold jacket guy, and he's the best player in the draft. I think Burrow's a gold jacket guy too. Yeah, I think Young is technically the best in the draft. The issue is I, no, I no no no. Don't get me wrong. I think he's the best player in the draft. I agree. And I think he's a guaranteed gold jacket guy, like like people have been saying. Yeah. But with that being said, I think Burrow is being underrated. I think he's a absolutely fantastic prospect too. Like, like I said to you, I mean, I tweeted out in what September that Joe yeah. Burrow is an Andrew Andrew Luck esque prospect. I mean, he's that good. He he's he's everything you want. He's he doesn't have an attitude problem. There is nothing you can really question about his game except maybe his deep ball. And who was the last guy that they questioned the deep ball on Brady? And what did yeah. he do? He was great. He was great with the deep ball his entire career. People can say he didn't have a, a great deep ball. They, they should go back and watch the film. That's what I say to him. Yeah. Because he had a great deep ball. Just, just so. to sum up Burrow, basically, he's going to be great. We all know it since he has to pick him. And they will. I mean, he was born 100%. in Ohio, right? He was born in Ohio. Um, I think he might be. Honestly. So, and Chase Young. So Chase Young is from in High School, Maryland, which is the town next to College Park. Wow. Um, which is where University of Maryland is, is obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so he might go to the Redskins and go go home. So you know, um, that would be interesting if Joe Burrow is is from Ohio too. But I don't know. Look, uh, look that up real quick. But. Basically, yeah. he has the personality and the swagger that Cincinnati needs because they're just they're just dying over there, you know. It says his birthplace is Ames, Iowa. I don't know if he grew up in. Oh, Ohio. really? Oh, his high school was the Plains, Ohio. So okay, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess he grew up in Ohio then. Yeah. So that would be cool. That would be I, cool. I I remember I wasn't when the Joe Burrow craze was going on, it was kind of like before the college football playoffs, I'd say when he right. was getting hyped, I didn't, right. I didn't know a lot about him, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I was talking to my dad cause the game was happening. I was like, I don't know about this quarterback, you know, everyone's hyping him up and I haven't seen a lot of them. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I'm like doing homework or something and I look on my phone and it says Joe Burrow threw his fifth touchdown. I run downstairs talking to my dad. Like he just, he just, he's thrown five touchdowns, like in a playoff game. That's crazy. Turn it on. There's like six minutes left in the second quarter, oh, yeah. you know, and then he throws two more. And I was like, I'm sorry. I ever doubted this man. Like, 
yeah, just absolutely. unbelievable. I mean, he's exactly. I mean, that was my first reaction to him too. Was I mean, I was watching him. I think he was against Texas early in the year, and he was just making. I mean, I honestly, it was before the Joe Burrow craze, really. So you know, I mean, it was when he was really um, starting to make his name early, early in the season. So I was, I was watching him, and I, I didn't really know him too well, and just the throws he was making, I was like, this kid is legit. Yeah. I don't know who this kid is. Um, I don't know where he's projected to be drafted, but he should be high. I'm talking top five, and then like within he months, was, he was just working you know, on his game at Ohio State. You know, sitting on the bench, and then. Got his time. Ohio State chose the wrong quarterback. They did. That's for sure. They did. They chose the wrong quarterback. So we're going to get two crazy QB prospects in a row when Lawrence when Lawrence comes out next year. Right. Uh, and I, I, I think the Patriots are, are going to tank for him personally. But we'll yeah, see. we'll see. I think, I think like people are saying that the secondary is too good to, to tank. And I think uh, – did you even say that? You might have said that. I, I thought their defense is going to be too good. Yeah. And, to tank completely. But, like, I think they'll be, like, losing record 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, but that's not going to get it done. You're going to see teams really try to throw it. This is going to be, like, suck for luck again, you know? You're going to yeah. see teams be really bad on purpose. And that's just not Belichick. Belichick's trying to get the wins record right now, you know? Right, but I mean, here's the thing: like, how many teams are going to be really that bad? Miami got better. Um, who like, who is even remotely that bad anymore? Like, I mean, Washington maybe. Washington could have um, one pick next year. Um, but they're going to add Chase Young, so that defense is honestly going to change. Carolina maybe. You think Carolina's going to be that bad? I know they just got Bridgewater and they have McCaffrey. But... I don't like Bridgewater. I don't love Bridgewater, but, I mean, I, I think they've got some talent on that team and they have some draft picks, you know? I mean, you know yeah, the Lions are always a thing. The Jets are a thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I could also see the Chargers because I don't think they're going to take a QB because they believe in Tyrod Taylor and they're going to see that's not a smart choice. Yeah, I mean, people who believe in quarterbacks like Tyrod Taylor just need to be fired. Yeah, I mean, so – I could see the Chargers being in a similar thing to us. Yeah. Um, it, uh, just to go, just quickly to go back to the Patriots picks, I have them up right here. So they they have number twenty three overall in the first round, obviously. Yep. Three in the third, they have eighty seven, ninety eight, and hundred in the third, and then they have one twenty five in the fourth, one ninety five, two hundred four, two twelve, and two thirteen in the sixth, and in the seventh, two thirty, two thirty five, and two forty one. All right. So, sixth round and seventh round is going to be a lot. Third round, three picks. They might. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and if they move back from twenty three at all. Yeah. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they moved up from the from the third round because they have three picks. The so I could see them. I could see them honestly taking two guys in in the second round, maybe possibly two guys in the third round, possibly two guys in the fourth round possibly, maybe a guy in the fifth, and then three in the sixth and three in the seventh possibly. So the trade I have thought out, I was looking, the Chargers have 51 and 57. And I think two is going to slip like really far. So I could see 
you know, the Chargers passing on a QB because they just think at six, what's the point, you know? And right. then maybe two is it going to be there at 23 and they trade two seconds to get him because the Patriots don't want to, uh, which I don't, but I, I can mean, see they, that happening. All these reports, all these reports keep saying that they're going to be aggressive with these clips, but I just don't think he, I just don't think Belichick is going to say Tua is the type of guy that fits here. Uh, you know, I mean, I know he's an Alabama quarterback and he's coming from Saban and he's just not the same style as, I don't know. I mean, for me, I could see me, I could see McDaniels pushing for him. Um, for me, it's not even that's the injuries. He's never going to, he's never going to be as good as he was in Alabama. Oh, that it's too. serious. And that too. But I don't think, I don't even think he would be that good healthy. Yeah. To be honest, people are saying he's Drew Brees. I don't think he's Drew Brees. He doesn't have the arm that Drew Brees does. Are you kidding? D- Drew Brees, there are very few people who play like Drew Brees. Tua is yeah. absolutely doesn't play like Drew Brees. He's not Drew Brees. Yeah. He like, And I know Drew Brees has a bunch of weapons, and, like, you know, that obviously helps. But it's – I mean, Tua is just not the same player as Drew Brees. It's just because he's short and, I don't know, like, what like what else does he do like Drew Brees? He's a little bit mobile. I don't, I don't like it's Drew Brees. Mo- Drew Brees isn't mobile. I don't know who like, said that comparison. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it's not good. Like yeah. Um, I mean, at, at best, I think to his ceiling is like a maybe a Tebow. Like wow, win a playoff game or two, and then trying done. to trying I, to I, think I, of a comparison for him. I don't know. He's we don't see a lot of lefty QBs anyway, so it's yeah. Well, lefty QBs are just a curse. They they're not. They don't work. Mike Vick's the most relevant one, and Mike Vick, and that's because he was a runner. Like, <laughs> he was just a pure stats guy. Yeah. Tua reminds me of Matt Leinart. Just yeah. Highly touted prospect, but yeah. Yeah, he's gonna crap out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. so let's, let's talk about the wideouts. Cause that's definitely the strength of this draft. Obviously, obviously we have the three headed monster of Jerry, Judy, CD lamb and Henry Ruggs. Um, how would you rank them? For me, it's, for me, it's Judy, uh, lamb and then rugs. Yeah. Uh, like I know a lot of people are saying that CD lamb is the best, uh, receiver in the draft. And to me, I think he's the flashiest receiver in the draft, and I think he's definitely up there for best receiver in the draft. And I think the difference between him and Judy is not much. Um, but Judy is just so refined, and his first best, three he, steps, dude. I mean, unreal. Just the, the best route runner I have seen as a prospect ever. Like, I and obviously, obviously, I never saw Jerry Rice as a prospect, and I never saw Randy Moss as a prospect. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. He was a he's a better prospect in my opinion than Julio Jones was, uh, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And that gives you that gives him potential in the in the right offense to be a better player than Julio Jones was. Do I think he's going to be a better player than Julio Jones was? We'll see. But I, like, he's got the he's got the talent. He's got the right mindset mentality to be just as good, if not better. And the stupid thing about it, I agree with you, obviously, but he mm-hmm. might be the last of these three to get picked. Oh, I know. And the, the, well, here's the thing. Like if people pick CD lamb in front of them, I get it. Okay. CD lamb is a very comparable prospect, 
in that he's just going to be such a juggernaut offensively and such a weapon offensively. Him and Judy change an offense. If you get one of those two pieces, that changes your offense. Yep. After those two, though, you drop down. Well, quickly, actually, on those two, the the comparison that I've been making is Julio Jones and uh, AJ Green when they came out of the draft, like, like right. in terms of the two, two big two guys, receivers, yeah. right? But they're not they're not the same style as those two guys. But I'm just saying, like, it's very similar in that magnitude two, of how two good guys that change your offense in that type of a way are going to be drafted in the first round again. It reminds me of that. Um, but then you drop down to Rugs, who reminds me a lot of Tyree Kill. He's a completely different weapon. He's all speed. He's not a fantastic route runner. He's not going to run you short routes too often. He's going to be a deeper guy. He's going to be a gadget guy like Hill is. Um, but he's still very talented. I like He's a guy that still is a weapon offensively like Tyree Kill is. But I don't think that he's going to change your offense in the way a Judy is mm-hmm. as a professional and as a route runner or the way C.D. Lamb is as a just a pure receiver. Yeah, Judy and Lamb to me have, specifically Judy, like top 10 receiver all-time potential. You know, I just think wow. it's going to be crazy. I wow. I really do. It's just... I think they're definitely... I think they both have Hall of Fame potential. I think this could be one of the best drafts that we've seen in our lifetime, honestly. I for mean, receivers, like, 100%. Gonna, like, for receivers, 100%, but I also think for players, too, because if you just in that first round, if you look, Joe Burrow, I think he's a gold jacket guy. Chase Young, I think he's a gold jacket guy. Judy and CeeDee Lamb, it's possible. And then, you know, I mean, that's that's what, four or five guys already? Yeah. You know what I mean? And there will be guys who deep, come out of nowhere. Deep, deep draft. I mean, those are – not often do you get five guys that hit that well in a draft, in one draft. You know, I mean, so it's it's going to be interesting to see where these guys go if they – end up in offenses that really fit them well enough for them to succeed because rugs, if he ends up in new England, I think he struggles, you know, I mean, I like rugs and I think that they could find place for him, but he's just not the, this, the same style of offense that we run. And granted that could change based on who we add at quarterback um, and based on how they uh, handle their personnel offensively this year. But um, I, I don't know that he would be a fit here and I don't and I don't know that he would be a fit in some other offenses as well but obviously that could change so let me say I've done a first round mock draft and Mm -hmm. I have it as Henry Ruggs goes to the Jets because they really like him oh and the Jets will the Jets will be stupid enough to take him because they just I mean not not that not a knock on Ruggs because I think he's a very talented player but I'm just saying I think the Jets have so many needs you know and I don't think that Ruggs is relevant to them right now. That, I mean, that would be bad for them. I don't even know if him and Darnold would work. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, at a corner, at a safety, like, you have so many needs yeah. in New York. I mean, it, I, I know they love Ruggs, and I know he's going to be the popular fan pick, but that's why you lose every year. You take <laughs> the player that's popular with the fans, and it's just – it's or or the, the flashy guy, the flashy name, you yeah. know? And, and in football, it's not all about the flashy name. It's about – who fits you best in terms of value at that pick? And I think Belichick has done that better than anyone else. Yeah. Um, I then had C.D. Lamb going to the Raiders, the next pick at 12. Right. And I think that's very fair. That'd be a good fit, I think. And then I have Judy 
going at 15 to the Broncos, which I think yeah, would be I've a disgrace. A if if he went that low would be crazy, but I was just looking, you know, because you could say maybe he goes to the Niners at 13. I don't know if they do that. I had them taking a corner. Well, um, see, the thing with the thing with the with the Niners at 13, here's the thing. So they have Garoppolo, and obviously their problem was they didn't quite have the offense to get them over the hump in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So at 13, if you're sitting there and you see Jerry Judy, they should I'm sorry, take but him. that's the that's the pick you need to make. Yeah. You know, I mean, the like Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a guy that is a Tom Brady and can do it with anyone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, he's a good quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think if you if you surround him with the with the right guys, he could win you a Super Bowl. As we saw last year, he was not far away from doing it. So um, I thought he outplayed Mahomes for most of that game until Mahomes took over he late. Did. Um, so it's just a matter of getting him the right pieces. And I think if you added Jerry Judy, I don't see how San Francisco loses the NFC in the next three years. The only, the only team I think that could compete with them is Tampa Bay, but I, I like they're lot, they have their guys locked up and they, and they would be young. They would be talented and they would be so hungry to, to be fair. If Jerry Judy was in double digits, especially in the mid double digits, someone would trade up to get him. You would have to hope. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's honestly Judy. Judy was the whole reason I thought Brady was going to stay because I was like, this is classic Patriots. This is what they're going to do. They're going to take the value um, pick here in Judy. They're going to move up. They're going to add him because we don't have cap room. That way we keep Brady. That way the offense gets miles better. Mm-hmm. And we're back in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I thought. That's what I thought they would do. We were going to have our best offensive line in years because we're getting David Andrews back. They were going to franchise Joe Tooney. Um, but obviously things went a different way. Brady wanted to move on and, and have those weapons in Tampa Bay. So I don't think the Patriots will do that. But there are teams that could obviously move up and grab him if he's available. And I and I think that that would be a great option for teams that, are, that think they're one piece away offensively or think that they're a big piece away and they have the small pieces to surround Judy um, in a receiver core on a, on an offense. Totally. Right. But the Patriots probably won't get one of these premier receivers. So who do you see them going after? Probably in, in the later rounds in terms of receivers. Yeah. Well, obviously they like James approach um, out of SMU, uh, a guy that they, that it was reported they were gushing over at the senior bowl. Um, he's a really good route runner and guy that reminds me a little bit of Stefan Diggs, not quite as talented, but, um, just runs similar routes, um, likes to get under the ball. Um, and a guy that would fit perfectly in, in a New England offense would have fit perfectly with Tom Brady. And that's why I think Tampa is an option for James approach as well. But, um, a guy that I think could be a Patriot by the end of the draft. Um, and another guy is Van Jefferson, obviously a guy that, um, got hurt. And his dad was a Patriot, um, but he it, it, he will drop because of his injury, and I think that that makes him an option for the Patriots even more. Um, a guy that's going to be overlooked because of this injury, and, and the Patriots could scoop him late, maybe not even play him this year, and then have him as a weapon next year. 
um, something that Belichick could do. So um, those are two guys, uh, but it's just such a rich, rich receiver draft. I think you could hear um, a lot of different names. A guy like Jalen Rieger is an option. Um, I, I don't see that he fits with New England necessarily. A lot of people are saying that he might even be a first-round pick, um, a late first-round pick, um, could be a second round, um, and could drop even even all the way to the middle round. So um, it's just so complicated with these receivers because there are so many good ones, and the ones up top are so good um, that it's really going to rely on how that first round shakes out. Yeah, I I can almost guarantee you that Rieger won't go past the first round. I know the Eagles are in love with him, and they need a receiver, and they're sitting there at 21. He also just had a virtual pro day where he ran a 4-2-40. Obviously unofficial, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a freak athlete. Like, say hypothetically that 4-2 is correct. He got that. He has like a 40-plus inch vertical. I mean, and he's He's not my – yeah, I mean, he's not my – he's not my favorite receiver in the draft, but he's a very, very talented receiver and a guy that could be molded into a – like – I think like a number two type guy. I don't think he's going to be, you know, an overpowering number one receiver. Um, but a guy that could definitely be a great fit uh, in Philly. A guy that, you know, they don't usually have a number one per se um, in Philly. But they have a lot of good um, depth res- at receiver. Um, mm-hmm. Usually last year, obviously they didn't. And that's why they're looking to add some more depth. But uh, a guy that could be a fit there um, is Jalen Rieger, obviously. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's just so many receivers I'm looking at. Like, K.J. Hamler's an option. Hamler is a guy that, I mean, I don't love him as a pure receiver, but, I mean, if you need a big play, I think that is a guy. He almost, like, in a way reminds me of Ruggs. They're completely different styles of receivers, but it's just like, the way that you look at him almost like rugs is a guy that you're going to look to when you need that big play, obviously. And I think that Hamler um, is similar, except he's going to do it running after the catch. Yeah. I'm not even sure if he's a fit, but just a guy who is young um, and who could be there, you know, Mm -hmm. someone I've been thinking about who to me is one of the most confusing prospects is Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. He's mm. 6'4", 240, absolutely destroyed the combine. But teams aren't really looking at him. You know, they see him, yeah. they see him as more of a tight end, and he wants to be a wide out, and I don't know what to make of him. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I definitely agree that he's an interesting prospect. And, you know, obviously, size um, is his advantage. And he reminds me a lot of Evan Ingram in New York. Um, not only uh, in terms of size, but in terms of play style. You know, he's going to be more of a receiving um, tight end than he is going to be a blocking tight end if he does make that move. But that being said, I think he's more of a fit at tight end. You know, I, I don't think he, he's going to be able to run routes on the outside um, too often in the NFL you know, I mean, like you saw Gronk run routes on the outside in the NFL, but not quite that often. You know, he'd be thrown out there every once in a while. Um, so I, I think Claypool over the middle is going to be a better option 
and the NFL than on the outside. So it, it it's gonna it's really gonna matter on where he goes, what system he fits in, um, and what quarterback he works with. Honestly, because um, I just don't think it's gonna work with you know some guys. I think I honestly think Claypool would be a great fit with Lamar Jackson because yeah, that's true. Jackson is going to put the ball in a spot that gives you a chance to go get it or you're going to be 20 yards wide open. You know what I mean? So I think that he is a perfect fit for Baltimore. Yeah. I I think he needs to go to tight end though. I just, I absolutely agree. He's too big. Right. Right. But if he wants to stay at receiver, Baltimore is a perfect fit because they have just such a tight end offense and such a, you know, gadget play, get somebody open, you know, we're going to find a way to get somebody open strategically rather than talent wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we're going to draw everybody into the box because we have Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, and then we're going to throw up and somebody's going to be wide open or somebody's going to be in single coverage and they're going to go up and get it, you know? So I think that's why he's such a, I, I personally think that he would be such a perfect fit um, in Baltimore. And I'll have to talk to my Ravens friends about that actually, and just see what they think. Yeah, that that's a that's a pretty good idea. I wasn't even thinking that. But mm-hmm. some wide receivers that I think could be good options in the later rounds. KJ Hill out of Ohio State, very reliable, mm-hmm. good hands. Um he just, he's just like a Pats receiver, you know, pretty solid route running and just a reliable guy. Devin DuVernay out of Texas is very fast and has great hands. Um and then a potential, like a lot of potential, uh, Gabriel Davis at a UCF. Mm-hmm. Super fast, 6'2", uh, 215. A lot of potential. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be amazing, but I think he has a chance to be a guy you look back at, like why was he picked this late, you know? Right, right. And I think K.J. Hill is the type of guy that is going to be um, – like I said earlier, I think the Patriots are going to pick like guys that, you know, maybe would be studs in another draft, but in this draft are kind of hidden based on, you know, the fact that there are guys that are a lot flashier uh, names than them. KJ Hill, in my opinion, is one of those guys. I mean, he has got great hands and he, you know, he's not a fantastic route runner, but he's going to get you some separation um, and he can run unique routes, which is, necessary in New England offense he's small he's quick but he's a guy that can work in the slot too um so obviously a great fit in New England I agree um on KJ Hill right now let's get over go over to the position I like that you really don't I like in terms of value because people think the tight ends in this draft suck which kinda but they're going to be there when the Patriots are picking, you know, and the Patriots yeah. need tight ends. And listen, I like, I, I, I like some, but it's just like, they're just, it's just such a bad class. I, I don't know. I mean, is there like, I know you like that some people specifically, the only one real guy that I like is Komet. And then after that, I, I don't think that there are really any, you know, outstanding talents. Well, let me, let me say this. There a good amount of tight ends in the league were late round picks. They're guys that, that developed in 
the NFL and basically were picked because of their size, because of their bodies, you know, and we're just mm-hmm. got good in the NFL. George Kittle is an example of that. Right. And I'm, I'm looking, there's a lot of mid round selections or later. Adam Trotman is a guy I picked out early out of Dayton. He's six, five, two fifty five. That's a big guy and amazing blocker. And as far as the Patriots, they won't pick a guy if they can't block, you know, yeah. My brother and I were talking about this. Rob Gronkowski is the greatest receiving tight end, we think at least. But he's also the best blocking tight end, and people don't talk about that. And that's why he played so much. That's why Bill put him in so much, because he could block. And why he was well, such a good threat. He was a patriot, yeah. I mean, so, without, if, he, if he wasn't, wasn't going to block, he wasn't going to be here. So. Yeah, so Trotman I like. Harrison Bryant. Uh, another big guy, 6'5", 245. Dynamic threat. He can block. Um, he can get open, too. Good hands. Um, Albert O. out of Missouri, who's 6'5", 260, and ran a four four nine at the Combine. Like, that's scary. You know? Uh, yeah, I think I mean, his freshman year, he had 10 touchdowns. Not sure on that, but he's really good. Um, Hunter Bryan out of Washington. 6'2", 250, really fast, good after the catch. And obviously, the one every Pats fan is hoping for, I think, Thaddeus Moss out of LSU. Randy <laughs> Moss's son, right? Yes, his son, uh, yeah. 6'2", I mean, I 250. Like, I think Thaddeus Moss is a good two tight end. Um, I think he'd be a good fit as a second tight end and, and a guy that, uh, that can uh, almost, you know, he, he reminds me not to – not to be weird or anything but he reminds me uh it's a play uh play style um like aaron hernandez yeah uh, kind of just like a almost like a slot tight end just ran slot routes um and he he's going to be a guy that could be a red zone weapon um just like i think cole Komet is going to be a red zone weapon except in a different way Komet reminds me a lot of jason witten but i think he has a, li- a little bit more range um, a, a little bit more physicality and size than Witten has. I think um, he's leaning more towards Gronk in that in that aspect than he is Witten. Um, and maybe you know, I think the closest comparison would probably be a Greg Olson, but I think he has the potential to even be better. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think of him. I think a lot of his hype is his name because he's Randy Moss's son. I think there's a lot of that. I think he could oh, be for Thaddeus. for Thaddeus. Yeah, I think he could be really good. But I also, I'm just unsure. I don't know. Yeah. He's he, he's a highlight real tight end. He has some crazy catches. But those guys you got to watch out for because they look really good. But, you know, then well, maybe exactly. in games That's they aren't amazing. Think... Right, exactly. That's why I think he'd be a good second tight end. You know, I think like a guy like Komet is a guy that I think can fit in, can slot in as a number one tight end right away. I don't think Thaddeus Moss is that type of guy, and I don't think he ever will be. I think he's a good second tight end that you can go to. Um, well, first of all, he can block, which is important. And and Komet is the best blocker in the draft, in my opinion. But Moss can block as well. He's a good blocker. He he's a little bit underrated in that aspect, actually, too. Um, so I think that Bill would like that. And I, I, I don't necessarily see him as a Patriot, but you know, I mean, he has qualities that could lead him to New England and, and I could see him as a second solid tight end. Like I said, running, you know, slot type routes and guys, you know, 
got have a your number one tight end, you know, extend seam the field routes. a little bit. And, right. We love right. those seam extend routes. Extend the field. Right, right. Exactly. Seam routes, have him go downfield, extend the field a little bit more, whereas Moss would be a guy that stays underneath. Yeah. He is also a big game player. Mm-hmm. So we love that as well. Um, so let me ask you, what do you think is their perfect draft? Give me like some examples at picks or anything like that. Just their perfect draft. What do you see it as? I think their perfect draft. I think they realistically, I think they're going to move back. And I think that in, in the, their perfect draft, I think they do. Let's to be honest, let's just stick with what we got, you know? Just because they're probably going to make trades, you know, but right. Let's just go what we know. Right, like you're saying, all right, you're saying you're saying with the picks that they have, what 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 player realistically would would you would be the perfect at each draft pick? Yeah, give like five guys maybe. Well, at twenty three, I think their best draft choice there. Um, I think you're looking at probably a middle linebacker. I think Kenneth Murray. Um, would be a great option. And I also think at safety, Grant Delpit is another guy. Mm. Um, that would be an interesting option at 23. Um, as you get later, I think you're going to see receiver somewhere, um, probably approach maybe a Van Jefferson, although Van Jefferson has been hurt. So I think Belichick will probably stay away from him. Um, you're going to see them try and add some defensive tackle help um at some point during this draft i know it's not a great defensive tackle draft but i could see them adding um just a physical guy um someone up front although they, they did re-sign adam butler um which that was, was a huge big yeah. as well um but i you know i think they have multiple options that they can go and i think bill is like i said earlier going to add a lot of guys that haven't been talked about too much um another guy that i think they could add a receiver is a brandon ayuk out of arizona state just a guy that glides along the field i told you he reminds me of josh gordon healthy you know what i mean like he's just um he's a guy that i don't think would be a top receiver or he isn't a top receiver in this draft but would be um in many other drafts i've I've seen him in mock drafts from the first round all the way to the fourth you know so really the fourth um, yeah, wow. so uh, you you take him if he's there. Oh, in the fourth, absolutely. absolutely. In the third, I don't. <laughs> in the third, I would take him too, and I think he could be there in the third because teams are going to take receivers early, and I think there's going to be a lot of receivers not taken until the later rounds because teams have already taken their offensive weapon. Yeah. Um, but uh, that being said, I don't think that the Patriots will move up to get anybody. Um, I don't think that they'll be aggressive. Um, in terms of offensive weapons, um, I think they're going to try and, you know, I, I mean, we saw this in the past with Belichick, you know, when he needs a good draft. Um, Dante Hightower and Chandler Jones in the first round. Yep. You know, and obviously he moved, he moved up to get those guys, but I think it was because they were so valuable. Those are two, you know, guys that probably could have been top 10 picks if people knew what they were capable of, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Chandler so, Jones made the all-decade team, and Hightower right. and, has been responsible or has made huge plays in the three Super Bowls he's been in. Right. So, I mean, he saw the value there and, and made the move. I don't think there are going to be guys 
there that he sees value in moving up for. Um, I think that it's such a deep draft at multiple positions, especially receiver. So I think moving back will probably be the most likely option at 23. Right. I agree. I think they move back, but with the picks they got my ideal draft, I would actually, I love Kenneth Murray. I've told you this. I love, mm-hmm. I just love his instincts. You know, he seems really smart and I think him and Mayo could be a special sort of linebacker, linebacker coach, linebacker duo type thing. But I think they go Epinesa because to me, he's just a Patriot, you know, the work ethic. Um, He's, he's a humble guy, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, he's also six, five, two eighty five. I mean, they need a big defensive end guy. Uh, they need physicality on defense, honestly. They're missing they Trey Flowers in that D-line, you know, and I feel like he's a right. guy who could help with that. But that being right. said, a linebacker would be good at 23 as well. I think in the third round, I really like Trotman. They do need a tight end. Mm-hmm. I would like the two tight end system back, but I understand it's probably not going to happen. Um, I'd really like to see them, just, just to quickly say something, I, I, I'd really like to see them, if they move back, try and find a way to add Komet instead of a later around tight end. But Trotman, I wouldn't be too unhappy with because he's going to be a, a, a later, uh, a later guy, but um, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't want to see them spend, you know, a third round pick on a, on a, on a guy like a Thaddeus Moss or, you know, maybe some of the other guys that you were mentioning. I would rather see them if they move back, try and grab a Cole Komet because I think he could be a real star. I do too. But with, with me and Trotman, um, he's got the body. I, he performed right, like well at a small school. And I think there's something to be said about that because at small schools, you're not getting the amazing coaching necessarily, or the great facilities. And I think when you go to the NFL, there's going to be that period where he improves dramatically because he's at like a real organization kind of, uh, right. not to dislike small college schools or anything, but just that's, you see that time and time again with some prospects and he's an amazing blocker and that's just perfect. Right. I completely understand what you're saying. Um, The one thing that worries me though, just to go back to Epinesa real quick, because I don't know that he's going to be there and you know, he might not people have been saying, you know, people have been saying, you know, Epinesa at 23. Um, I just don't see him there. I mean, he, the guy is a monster. The guy is an absolute monster. I like uh, he's just a beast. I, I don't see how this guy couldn't hit. You know, I mean he's he's got the physical tools, he's got the mental tools, he's he's coachable, he's smart. I like and he's just an absolute tank. I like I don't see how he drops to twenty three. If he's there, I think they should pull the trigger so quickly. Um and if he's close to twenty three that's a guy – that's one of the few guys I could see them maybe moving up for, but only a few picks. Yeah. Because I just don't see Belichick making a big-time, you know, move-up type move. They, the only time he did that was with Hightower and Chandler Jones, and they were prospects that he was pretty damn sure on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just – I really hope that Epinesa drops to 23, but I just don't see it happening. To encourage you that it might happen, their picks 22 and 1 – there's a lot of guys of teams that need wideouts and tackles and cornerbacks. So that could be a common trend where you see tackle, wideout, wideout, corner, tack, you know, 
because mm-hmm. those are some pretty good, maybe not cornerback, but tackle and wide out. There are a lot of guys. Um, so I think that gives you a chance maybe for him to fall, but we can hope if not fine with Kenneth Murray for wide outs. I like Proch. I like him too. Um, they've talked about the Texas receiver, DeVernay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be fine with him. Just quickly, I mean, I think, I think Proach is just a real good, sharp route runner, and I think that they like that. Um, you know, they're not big on guys that, you know, create create a bunch of separation, but they do like those sharp, quick route runners that, you know, they're going to be where the ball is going to be. Yeah, and he's reliable too. I mean, right. they're all about that. And I would like to see them take a flyer with, like, Gabriel Davis, who just has a lot of talent and potential. I'm not sure they mm-hmm. will. Uh, there are a lot of guys in this draft that, that – are like that, that are, you know, guys that have so much potential and if they fit right, they're going to work out. So, I mean, I think that the Patriots will end up with at least one of those guys, maybe even multiple. Um, I hope not multiple, but maybe, <laughs> maybe just like one or two. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like them to get some O-line, although O-linemen in the later rounds usually aren't great. But just something. Yeah, but they're good at finding O-linemen in the later rounds. Yeah. Drew Tooney was a third-round pick, you know I mean? I think they really need a center because they lost Karras. And Andrews is supposed to come back, but it, I'm still scared about him playing right, with but the I still want a guy. I still want a guy ready to go for when Andrews is done. Exactly. You know, grooming him. Um, because center is an important position in that offense. Yeah. Um, especially in that run game. So that's a guy that – is very important to them, and, and I think having his replacement ready to go is is something that they unfortunately learned the hard way last year. Yep. Well, Karras was good. No, Karras was good, but I mean, with David Andrews, is that offense a lot better? Oh, right yeah. Now, so? I also think not having a fullback maybe, oh, maybe not, killed maybe, them. Maybe not a lot better. Maybe not a lot better because – you know, obviously you don't have a ton of weapons, but I think it's definitely significantly better. Yep. I, I think the fullback killed him too. Um, oh, not having Devlin yet. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because it takes away your whole run game and the, and the whole attack is the whole attack is surprise them with run game, surprise them with run game and then let Brady attack, you know, and that's, they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to find a rhythm often. They still tried to pound the rock when they didn't have a run game. It, it was, it was ugly. And I think, a lot it, it had a lot to do with Josh McDaniel's game plan, but yeah, that's me. Um, and then like maybe another guy I want him to get. Uh, as far as quarterback late round, James Morgan has a cannon of an arm uh, out of FIU. I think that's a good late round pick. He remind me of Mallet, which obviously Patriots fans don't like Ryan Mallet because he was a boss, but. You have to admit he had potential, you know, and mm-hmm. I think there's no harm in using one of your eight picks in day three to get a potential at quarterback. And I think that would be a good guy. Um, yeah. I mean, day three, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. He's got a big, big arm. Um, I, I think he has potential to be a career backup. Um, I don't know about a starter, but um uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. If he's there on day three and you haven't picked a quarterback or you think that he's the best value pick there, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, the guy, I've, I've watched his highlights. The guy has talent. He's not, um, 
you know, flashy. He's not great. You know, he's not a great prospect, but he can do some things. Yeah. And then obviously we need uh, the Georgia kicker, Rodrigo. That has to happen. I, th- I think that's going to happen. I think it will too. I mean, who do we have? I mean, I mean, Vinatieri's nephew's in the draft. I mean, they're not re-signing Nick Folk. I'm sorry. Like, that that, that did not work last year. Losing Guskowski. Even with Guskowski, we needed a kicker. So, yeah. without Guskowski, it was a problem. You know, I mean, I think there were just so many factors that went into us struggling last year. Like, which so many bad things hit at the wrong time. Which led to Brady leaving, which... Which led to Brady leaving, I, which leads us to tank, tanking for Trevor, baby. Oh, yeah, tank for Trevor. Um, tank for Trevor 2020. So... We'll definitely have a podcast going over the draft when it happens. But oh, definitely. Do you definitely. have any closing remarks, maybe predictions that you think will happen? Cl- closing remarks. Um, I do have a big prediction, actually. Okay. Um, I think that we will see um, a huge trade within the first 10 picks. Um, so I, I don't know who it will be. Um, but I think someone is going to move up into the top 10 and absolutely shock everybody and move a bunch of picks to do it. Um, and it's going to be the shock of, of draft night. And yeah, that's my prediction. I was thinking something like that would happen as well. But mm-hmm. I think, bold prediction, OBJ gets traded in this draft. You think he gets traded on draft night? Yeah. Okay. That, I could see that happen. That's what I think. Um, who do you do? You think Minnesota, or do you, are you thinking somewhere else? I could see Minnesota. There was a funny joke trade where if they if the past traded Tooney for OBJ, it would only be five hundred thousand more on the cap. <laughs> that is hilarious. I mean, but I just I don't see. I mean, I think trading for OBJ would have been a beautiful option. With when Brady we had Brady, Eric. yeah, yeah, but um. <laughs> Not now. I don't. I don't see where he would fit. You know. Yeah. He's gonna have skin thrown to him. Yeah. Because if the Browns trade OBJ, maybe you could get into that top ten, get I, another know, guy, a team and get that, Judy. A team that I could un- underratedly see going after OBJ, Cincinnati. That'd be interesting. Joe Burrow to OBJ, LSU to LSU. Yeah. I can see that happening. That's all I'm see saying. See something like that. That's all I'm saying. I can I mean, see that happening. I can see. I mean, yeah. they, they have what? The first pick <laughs> Giants the reunion. Round. They have the first pick in the second round. I can see them moving that and maybe a fifth for OBJ. Yeah. And then, and then on draft night, they get Joe Burrow and OBJ. And Cincinnati is looking about a year out from being a playoff team, you know? Yeah, wouldn't be a bad idea. Then you could get rid of AJ Green. You could move on. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's all, folks. It's time to wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening to our first podcast. We will continue these as much as we can. Obviously, with quarantine, we're probably going to do it more than not. Um, not just so football. We'll be talking all sports, too. All sports. Yep. Um, we have an Instagram. Uh, if you want to check that out, it'll let you know when podcast it out it is d-i-t-r underscore podcast you can follow that on instagram you'll get a notification when a podcast is up give us some hope you all enjoyed